everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sisters in Scripture. Today we have a wonderful parable, but first we're going to start off with our opening prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for bringing us together. We thank you for having a glorious and wonderful week, and we pray that next week is even better than last week was. We pray mm -hmm. just for blessings to continue to shower us and a shower on your yes, faithful servants, Lord. We pray that whatever the people who are listening to this podcast stands in the need of, Lord, that you yes, be their Lord. provider, that you yes, be their Lord. way maker, that you be their grace and their mercy. And Lord, we thank you every day wholeheartedly for being all those things for us. And we just pray that those blessings just continue to flow in our lives, Lord. We pray yes, for the Lord. sick and the shut in, Lord. We pray for those around the world who are not free to worship you, who are being mm. faced with prosecution Lord, and even Lord. death just for mentioning your name or having a Bible found mm. in their basement. Lord, we pray for them that you give mm. them strength, Lord, that you give them the courage to stand up for what they believe in, and Lord, that you give us That's an insight that. to be able to support them. In Jesus' name mm -hmm. we pray, amen. Amen. amen amen all right so this is lady t and we're going to talk about the parable of the lost son um this parable comes from luke 15 verse 11 through 32 so this story is about a king and his two sons um, one day the youngest son went to the father and he asked the father for basically his part of the inheritance from him. So without question, the father just gave uh, the youngest son all the inheritance that um, was due to him. And the son decided he was just going to go ahead and leave to a far away land. He So he went and of course he spent all of his um, livelihood on what the Bible says is prodigal living, which is like loose living. You're basically spending your money on everything and, you know, not things that are important. Um, so while he was at that faraway land, he, um, that land went through, started to have a famine and he became a citizen of that land so that he would be able to work and live and be able to eat. So he became um, a servant who worked in the field. And what he did was he fed swines and pigs. So what he did was he ate what the pigs were eating <laughs> so that he can have a meal a day and be able to fill up his stomach. Um, he did all this so that he basically does not have to go back to his father shamelessly and tell his father what he did with all the money that the father gave him. <clears throat> so one day, you know, he got out of his little funk and one day he just said, man, look, my father has servants that even have more than what I have right now. So his father, um, who also has servants, he was basically saying that the, they, they get more and they're, they have way more than what I'm getting from eating from, you know, the, the stuff that the swines eat. So he decided to go back home and ask for forgiveness from his father. 
uh, and asked for forgiveness because he felt like he had sinned against heaven first and then his father. Um, that his father does not have to acknowledge him as his, as his son, but at this point, he would just be a servant of his father because of what he did. He's shameful of it. So he would rather be a servant and be able to have, you know, what his father's servants have than what he's going through now. Um, he went to his father and when he was going, he was coming from afar. His father saw him and the scripture said that the father had compassion towards him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, I don't know if y'all can imagine a king running. Ah, kids don't run. They have <laughs> servants that go and, you know, fetch everything, even, I mean, the littlest thing, even if they drop something, you know, someone will fetch it. Mm -hmm. But this king got up and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son asked for forgiveness and his father, and he, he told his father that he, he, you know, he wants to basically be a servant and that he doesn't have to acknowledge him as his son. But the father, instead of this, the father clothed him with a robe. He put a ring on his hand and put sandals on his feet. And that didn't even end there. He ordered for the fatted calf to be killed and eaten and they were merry and happy um, because his son has come home <laughs> now this is the twisting part of it the oldest son who has always been with the father the oldest son who has always been obedient to the father Help the father, basically, in a nutshell, build his empire, keep his empire straight. Um, he felt betrayed because his father is not rejoicing and doing all these things for the youngest son who actually betrayed the father and wasted his inheritance. But the oldest son, he was very confused because he was like, man, you have never done this for me, but you do this for someone who basically wronged you. And now he's back and you killing, you know, the fattest calves for him. And, you know, he said to his father this. And the father basically said to the oldest son, I know that you have always been with me and everything. Um, that I have is yours, but it's only right that I do this because your brother who was dead is now alive, your brother who was lost, and now he is found. So that was the story of the parable of the lost son. Now, what do you all think? There was so much things that, you know, I could um, correlate with our relationship with God each and every day. So mm -hmm. what do y'all think about this um, parable? <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that it's called the lost son. Some people or some um, interpretations call it the prodigal son, but I actually kind of like the, the one, the lost son, because which son was actually lost? Was it the younger son or the older son? Because mm -hmm. the younger son, yes, he lost his way. He went out, he spent his money on women and gambling and probably, you know, alcohol or whatever, all these worldly things. 
Um, but eventually he came to a senses. He basically hit rock bottom, right? So, you know, you hear about like alcoholics hitting rock bottom and then changing their way. So he hit rock bo bottom and he found his way home again. But the older son also got lost in this story. He lost his way too, even though he stayed in the house mentally, he was lost because he couldn't see, um, he couldn't see the, the wonderfulness of his younger brother coming back home. His brother could have been dead on the side of the road, starved to death. Somebody could have killed him while he was out gambling. He could have got HIV, whatever. But he was home again, and he didn't see the celebration in that. Instead, he saw only what he didn't get. And so that was, a uh, he was mentally lost, I feel like, or spiritually lost. And it seemed like, was he really doing all of this thing out of, you know, Love a desire of, or, right, mm -hmm. right. Or is it because it was, he was working towards what he expected his father to give him. It was kind of like, oh, you shortening me, but, you know, I've been working towards kind of, to me, it seemed like a little manipulation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm gonna stick with you so that when when you die you're gonna give me everything mm -hmm. or you know you're gonna give me this but this this dude right here did the opposite and you giving them all that I deserve you know right yeah. it's, it's like very jealous so you know really the story is about you know the king is God of course we know and mm -hmm. the prodigal son is actually all of us have been prodigal sons yep. in the past. Yep. Um, you yep. know, we might have been raised in the church, might have not. I was not raised in the church, but a lot of people are raised in the church. And what they do is they'll leave and kind of do like the worldly thing, go out and party or whatever it has you do in the world. And then a lot of times when the world beats them up enough, they come back home. But we've also mm -hmm. been... The older son, too, where we were at church and it's like, man, I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to do. You know, I've been mm -hmm. sacrificing. I've been celibate. I've been, you know, tithing. Mm -hmm. And then someone else who hasn't been doing, who hasn't sacrificed anything, who's been out having fun and living their life and living carefree and, you know, spending all their money and doing whatever they want. And then they come in and they like get even more grace and like feel, it feels like they're even getting more love than you are. And so sometimes we have, I've been in a position where I was the oldest child too. And I was just like, man, why do all this stuff? And then they sort of there doing whatever they want and they still can get whatever they want. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it can be very, um, it, it almost is like you feel like, well, why should I be good anyway? Mm -hmm. But uh, the moral of the story, the biggest moral of the story is that the oldest son was there all along. So these people who go out into the world and they're living this extravagant lifestyle, they do end up suffering because living in that lifestyle, it has its own repercussions. Mm -hmm. Whereas the people who stay in the church, they never had to face any of those repercussions. They never had to worry about, you know, getting an STD mm -hmm. or uh, almost dying, almost being murdered because they stole something from somebody. They don't have to worry about that stuff because they're already protected and shielded. Mm -hmm. And then I think about like, the prodigal son, well, the law son, and you know, the law son being the youngest son in 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 my thought, um, 
being the backsliders, you know, mm-hmm. in church, like, mm-hmm. and then the oldest son being those who are saint sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and never think that their stuff ever stinks. You know, that that's mm-hmm. my mentality, like, and how God, like. God is, it says God is married to the backslider. And that right there is such an example of how the father clothed him in a robe. And for me, the, the vision that God gave me was, you know, when a backslider comes back to him, how he covers them. Mm-hmm. Like that robe represent covering. To me, the ring is like, when you get married, that's like a commitment you know, like a promise to you. It's it's a relationship. It's a symbol mm-hmm. of a relationship. And then the sandals on the feet, which um, in, in the Bible, it signifies a rank or a position when someone, you know, has, it puts the sandals on your feet. So mm-hmm. to me, it, it, that's, that's the image that I see that when a backslider comes back to God, you know, how the angels will rejoice, God will rejoice. And then we have the sanctified and, and, and Holy Ghost filled. And, you know, they looking like, dang, why are they, you know, getting all this blessings? And then you will see like people that may be backsliding or doing certain things who are new babes in Christ, whatever it is, like they're getting all these blessings. You'd be like, dang, you know, like I've been following you, God, and I'm getting nothing but like, you know the worst of the worst like I, I don't feel like I'm getting blessed like this person just became a Christian and they're getting new jobs and they're giving all these testimonies every week and you know what about me what about me and that's what I'm mm-hmm. seeing in reading the the parable of the lost son just how you know the backslider and then those who kind of envy you know the covering of God but God upon the backslider but that's what the rejoice comes from with the fattest cow, you know, God rejoices when Satan doesn't have his hand on his children no longer, you know, when they actually turn back from their ways and come to him, he rejoices. So this right here, the King was exemplifying how God rejoices when we come, when we are no longer backsliding and we come back to him. Mm-hmm. And I think also, too, for the uh, saved and holier than thou sanctified, they had they, they might be going through stuff, of course, because we all have different stories and things of that nature. But because they've been comfortable, because they already have the covering of God, they don't understand what it's like not to have it. So for them, when they see, like you said, a new job or a raise, or a new home, or, you know, whichever, they're feeling some kind of way, because like, well, I've been, you know, with the Lord, I've been in church all the time, but they don't know how uncomfortable it is not to have the hand of God on them, or how how it is to not have favor, and yes, like, we all go through certain things at certain times, and some of it is worse than others, but, you know, I always feel like there's always something worse around the corner that you have no idea about, and I think that's what sometimes the unlost or, you know, the, the not lost son type people that sanctify people forget because of the fact that they've been covered and they've been, you know, made safe. So they don't know what it's like to want swine food. 
Because mm-hmm. you have regular food all the time. I mean, my man literally was like, yeah, what these pigs are getting, this is great. I'm going to go ahead and eat this. Yum, yum, yum. Like, oh that's, that's, that's like <laughs> us being like, yeah, you see this garbage can that has leftover food from who knows where? Yes, I'm going to eat this. This looks delicious. Yum, yum, yum. Even though it's been sitting here and God knows what kind of filth. Yum, yum, yum. I'm going to eat this. But you have a refrigerator that has been stocked with food. Even though you may have to go to work, at least you have your gainfully employed to have it. So those are the types of things that mm-hmm. people don't understand. And sometimes we forget ourselves because Lord knows I don't really want to go to work, but I have a house with running water and food and clothes and a car and a career. And while I might be tired, at least I have those things when other people have not even one or two of those things. So Mm -hmm. you definitely have to remember what that's like. So it's like you said, Lady T, when someone comes to Christ and Satan's hand is lost, it is a time for rejoicing and excitement. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times the holier than thou are sanctified, they forget about that because they don't know what it's like to be out there or they have forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, interesting that how the older son was angry. um, Mm -hmm. And so he was angry, but he was angry at God, you know, for blessing his younger brother who he felt like didn't deserve it. Um, but the truth is none of us really deserve it because we're all sinners. So um, we can't really even look at somebody else like, hey, they didn't deserve that. You know, I've been doing I've been doing all good this whole time because we're none of us are really all good. And we've also been in a situation where um, we got more than what we deserved or we didn't get a punishment that we deserve. So we should be feeling good and blessed about that. Um mm-hmm. And then with the uh, with the older brother, he was so angry and bitter that um, the father was throwing this big feast for his son and basically throwing a huge party in celebration that his son had returned that he decided that he wasn't even going to go to the party. So not only did he kind of lose his way mentally, but he also missed out on a really good party. And on top of that, he tried to be super, 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 super petty and be like, he had the prodigal living and he specifically even called him out. I was like, he spent his money on harlots. Harlots. You okay yeah, with that? He sure did. You call okay him out with like that? that? He didn't have he, to tell him what, what he spent his money on. He was trying to gaslight daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we do that too. You know, we'll be like, oh, and it's kind of the same thing with us. Like, we'll be like, oh, well, I might not have tithe this week, but at least I ain't sleep with Jimmy or whatever, whoever, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, my sin, like my sin of being angry uh uh-huh, is not as bad as his sin or her sin. Um, And we almost kind of talk to God, like try to take it away from what we're doing. When really, you know, we're, we're, honestly truthfully running a one person race right so it shouldn't be how I compare myself to another person it should be me trying to do my best to run this race called life and his son was envy he had envy so being jealous being envious I mean that's one of the ten commandments like not to do that there you go the older son wasn't really all that perfect as perfect as he thought he was yeah he couldn't even be happy his brother was back I think he was probably rejoicing deep inside when his brother left because now he's like the only son and 
dad can, you know, feel like, well, you're the only faithful one with me. You know, your brother left and it's probably different emotions because he probably didn't think that his father was going to react that way when he came back. He he was hoping probably for some kind of you know anger from the father. Yeah, that's definitely true. And he also might have been thinking like, now this Bama back, I'm going to have to sit here and possibly be running to show that I'm, you know, perfect enough to run the kingdom if my time comes or whichever, whichever. I've been mm-hmm. mad about that too. One thing about the oh. um, the younger son was when he was away and he was, you know, spending all his money on all these, on all these extravagant things um, and just having fun. Then the right after that, the famine came. So I think that we we're learning a lot from the older brother, but we have a lot to learn from the younger brother too, and the younger brother's mistakes. And so one of those mistakes that the younger brother made was not being smart about his resources, not being smart about his money. You know, he just went and took his whole inheritance and spent it all on everything and just had him a good time and he wasn't prepared. And I think that, you know, when we're in a situation when we have an abundance, that um, instead of just spending it and being all willy-nilly and extravagant about everything, that we need to invest, we need to save, uh, we need to make sure that we contribute to society and community and not just spend it all on ourselves. So there's a lot to be learned from the younger brother too when it comes to being responsible about what we're stewards over. Um, And so I think that's another lesson that can be learned from this whole story. And it could also be um, not just in money aspect, but it could be just spiritual gifted, you know, things that God has gifted us with, um, just not being wasteful with it. Mm-hmm. That's another way to look at it as well. That's true, because you can be very wasteful with your spiritual gift. You know, if you use your strength just to gain stuff for yourself or your knowledge just to gain stuff for yourself, um, then basically you're being prodigal, just like yep. the prodigal son was. All right. Well, um, I think that was a great wrap to this week's story. So we're going to go ahead and pray on out. So, Father God, I come to you thanking you for this week allowing for us to come together and talk about the prodigal son and the attributes hopefully can bless all of the people that are listening and those who may indirectly hear about the podcast. God, I just hope that you touch everyone to have a great week in the comings and allow for us to remember that we are all lost until we are found and not to be so harsh on other people and to just remember that we're all in this to win this and pretty much that we all have a ways to go because we all are fighting for the good race so that we can see you in the end. And I just pray that for whoever needs a good word, this has been a good word for them and that we have the strength to get through until the next time. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.